Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, ready, bird. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Call the number, leave Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. (laughs) What's up, jet fans? And we were also joined by two special guests. Our compadres, when we join forces, our two podcasts, I don't know if you guys are familiar with 80s wrestling. It's like the Mega Powers, Hogan and Macho Man, coming together, the Mega Jet Podcast Powers, our two buddies from the Jet Factor Podcast, CJ, Carlos, welcome to the show once again, boys. What's going on, So, CJ, Keith, I gotta question one thing. Oh, wait, 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 before, wait, guys, hold on, we can't, we can't skip one guy. There's a guy behind the glass here, he puts in an effort every week, we just gotta throw his name out there, the big stinking Wookiee. Nicholas Crom. Good to hear everybody. Okay, now we can move on, Mike. Please go ahead. All right. So I did want to say one thing. Right now, the biggest Jets fan in Texas might be debatable because both of us <laughs> are coming live from the Dallas area, boy. It is a JFP, an Ain't Easy Being Green crossover event, the likes of which you have never seen. Ever. Ever. Both of us in Texas. I don't think Texas is big enough. That's right. Right oh, now, guys, we have we have we have Jet fans in New York, Jet fans in Florida, Jet fans in Texas coming together to bring you audio gold. Yep. All you Jet fans out there, you're welcome. I'll say it. Ahead. Yep. I'll go ahead and say it for you guys. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us as always. And last week, preseason game, guys, we're gonna go a little bit through that, talk about some of the high points and the low points, and then we're gonna get into the Jet roster before we get into anything Jet related. Let's just tackle this since we had the guys on the horn here. I would love to hear what both of these gentlemen think about Antonio Brown, his feet, his helmet, the drama. Please, boys, go ahead. Carlos, I'm going to take this one up to you first. All right. Uh, Can I start by saying advanced CTE is probably (laughs) a good description of what's going on with Antonio Brown. I I don't even know why he's bothering with the different helmet at this point because it's already mush up in there anyway. You look at the color, he's painted his mustache, and he's sitting there spray-painting and crayoning his helmet right now from Steelers gold and black to be a a gray and black version Raiders-compatible helmet. I don't get it. He's been off the deep end for a while, and he keeps getting rewarded by the NFL. Oh, Keith, I mentioned this to you before. You remember when we were growing up with guys like Roger Craig, who literally amputated their appendages... Just to get back on the field to play. And now we have cats that won't even play a game because the equipment doesn't fit their standards. I mean, not only that, what makes it worse is that there's an entire league of players of which every single one of them is wearing the correct helmets within the re- correct regulations. And some of them, and who and hard about it, Brady did, a few other players said it's uncomfortable. I totally get it. But they're all wearing the helmet. Except one dude who's like, no, I don't, I don't want to have to do It's like... It's kind of, you know, it's very interesting. It's, it's par for the course so far with Antonio Brown insofar as the off-the-field stuff. On the field, we all know he's always been great. Yep. But it's the off-the-field stuff that makes it hard to root for somebody like him. You know, it just, when you when you freeze your feet in a cryo, when, when you freeze your feet, and, you know, this is just, this is unheard of. That, that when That's on the injury report, and you have to release it, and, you know, guy, one guy, you know, he has a patella, one guy, shoulder, one dude, concussion. Antonio Brown, frozen feet. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what? This is yeah. not, this is unhurt. We're going into yeah. uncharted territories, Mike. CJ, thoughts? Three words. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> that is all, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, end up like Wookie. What? So did anyone want to take a cheese grater to his feet? When you saw the pictures after the cryogenics, it yeah. was it was disgusting. I've never that seen was, anything of that, that nature. Now, how do you not? How do you, as an adult, how do you not know, professional athlete? How do you not know that you should have or, the right protective 
What type of shady place? Because he was over in France, right? So what type of shady place in Europe did you go to to cut corners? That is not looking at your footwear. <laughs> was this like Hostel 5? Yeah, he went and did work. It's negative 230. <laughs> he just goes in and flip-flops. And I want to clear something up. Wookie's not a crackhead, everyone. No, I don't not, know what Mike right, is getting no, at. Wookie's very far from that. Very libelous. Yeah, I mean, there's other things going on. But definitely not drugs. Uh, be slandered. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, not at all. I mean, Wookie's just a dare program yeah, hey. uh, champion. And just, you know, just say no. Just got all those things. Just get out there. what you do. And it works. And that's your lifestyle, and I respect that's you for it, Wookie. Now, up. getting back to the game last week, guys. Forget about Antonio Brown and his stupidity, guys, for a moment. Um, Jets, Falcons. We saw Sam out there for a little bit. Another good drive to get the game started. Another touchdown drive to get the game started. He looked tremendous, as he normally, as he did in the first game, I should say. Second game looked good as well. I thought the play calling from Adam Gase was pretty good. I liked that. Yep. I liked it. Yeah. I liked, also, guys, the defensive play calling. Now, I know you guys are probably keying in on this as well, because that first game was pretty vanilla. You watched the Jets play the G-Men, mostly zones. I, when Daniel Jones was in there, I thought they'd blitz. They didn't really blitz, did they? No, it was mostly, you watch the game, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. This week, different story. You saw the type of defense, I think, that Greg Williams is going to try to run in the regular season, get after the quarterback, be confusing, right. and it worked on Matt, Matt Ryan in the first half. Oh, they got to him. There was a lot of different exi- exotic blitzes that you saw Greg Williams using. I, Like we talked about before, I was very impressed with what I saw defensively. Um, it's unfortunate that we had one of our run stuffers, Avery Avery Williams, go down for this Williamson go down for the season, and Adam Gase uh, took the blame from it. And usually he never does something like that. Yeah, that was, and I would love to hear what the guys think about yep. this too, man. Um, so Gase, when he gets hired, he was much maligned by me for many people. It seems like the Jets have been able to turn all that negative energy into 180 the past two months with the hiring of Douglas. Gase seems to be more charming, better with the media than we all anticipated. But this move, I, I didn't know. When I, as I'm watching the game, all the all the defensive starters were out except Avery Williamson. So maybe they had him in there because he's the only one that knew the calls from the defense. I know during the week maybe he didn't practice as much, they said. Right. So maybe that's why he was in there for extra reps. But when you leave a starter in that late into the second quarter when all the other defensive players are out and he tears the ACL and he's out for the season, I think the least you can do is take accountability. And that's what Gase did. So, I mean, from that standpoint, guys, bad move by Gase. At least he manned up, said what the story was, didn't try and deflect. I mean, what else can you say about it? So, Adam Gase taking responsibility for... Williamson getting hurt, being left out there in the second quarter. It's the bare minimum, I think. So, in that regard, good for him. He -hmm. took responsibility. It's not... He probably shouldn't have been out there. You don't know what they were looking for in terms of, was there something Avery... Avery was going to do specifically that they were looking for in that second quarter. You you really don't know that. Preseason injuries happen all the time. They happen off the field. They happen before preseason games start. It's really an unfortunate situation that Williamson's out. But yeah. we, we do have some young guys up and coming that we'll talk about. Yeah. We break down the and, roster. And, yeah. That could step up and step into that role to help stuff the run and also help mitigate the, the pass-catching ability of some of the running backs and tight ends. Right, and, and to that point... Um, Avery Williamson is a great player, but he plays in a soft impact position, meaning this isn't a corner, this isn't an edge, this isn't a quarterback, right? This is a guy who stops the run really well. Well, guess what? We got the best run-stopping safety in the league. His name's Jamal Adams. We've got Quinnen Williams. We've got Leonard Williams. We've got great players that already do that. So... As long as we get a guy like Neville Hewitt and come in first, second down, and then we could use Cashman, you know, third down in, in secondary coverages, it, it, it's a loss, but it's not a loss that the Jets the Jets can can eat that loss, I believe. And we're going to miss him. He may not, you know, we may not be with the team going forward, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Like, like Carlos said, injuries happen in preseason. Yeah, there's a lot of different guys I think that'll be get a shot at least at filling that hole. And I think Cashman's going to end up playing more snaps than anybody for a lot of different reasons. His coverage ability, yes. But he's not, I don't think, a liability on right. first and second down, especially at a position like that where, you know, Mosley, he's pretty much a main linebacker. He's going to be a strong side linebacker. You have someone like Cashman over there. If he doesn't have to cover that much distance, as fast as that dude is, he oh. could be impactful. And I think there's ways even, Absolutely. there's even things Cashman does that are, he does better than Avery Williamson. Especially pass coverage, like Mike said, when it comes to third down. So, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's kind of a bummer. I'm happy that Gase manned up and said something about it. I don't think it sets the defense back that much. For instance, Mike, um, and guys, if, if, if 
if Tremaine Johnson's injury was a season-ending injury. Oh. That would be much more impactful than this. Yeah. You know, that would be... Because we don't have any corners to begin Hands with. Yeah. Um, so even if we miss him, for, that would that's a different story. You know, if if Quinnen got hurt and one of the big guys on the line, we still have some line depth, but that, that would hurt too. But I think when it comes to the linebacker, especially where he plays, Mike, you're right. Maybe not the most impactful spot, but it's still kind of a bummer how it went down. You know what? You guys actually summed this up pretty good. And also another name that I want to throw into this mix is um, Albert McClennan, um, who the Jets signed. Um, they basically picked him up on the heels of the Avery Williamson uh, injury. And I think that he's going to have an opportunity against the Saints uh, this upcoming Saturday to uh, kind of make a name for himself. He's familiar with Greg Williams. He's played um, with Greg Williams as his defensive coordinator. He actually played a lot of uh, a lot of uh, snaps with him. The majority of the place where he was was on special teams. Yep. But he, he's being heralded as a very, very good special teamer as well as um, some packages in which uh, Greg Williams had put together with him when, he, when they were together in Cleveland. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, uh, McClennan would be able to somewhat mitigate the loss of William, Williamson to an extent. Yeah. But in my opinion, this also opens the door for one Blake Cashman, yep. who I really think is primed to really solidify and take over that starter's role, possibly. CJ, CJ, guys, you know, and Carlos, you know what's so crazy is we've been getting on Mike McCagnan about how he's not a good drafter, <laughs> right? And in the last year, right, he finally finds these he's guys. Right? Like he finally did it. <laughs> like, you know what? You finally figured yeah. it out. Get the fuck out of here because my buddy is just moving in next door. You got Cashman. You got a Doga. You got these guys that are going to be filling starting positions potentially. I mean, wow, Mike, finally. Well, see you later, man. Thanks. Too, too little too late for Mikey Mack, unfortunately. Uh, and it is. I do. I agree with CJ, though. When, when they drafted Cashman, we said it. I thought it was a great pick. I thought it was a steal. There was guys... When we watched the draft that were profiled him that said he was the second or third best linebacker in the whole draft, he's just somebody that since he really only played at a high level his last two years, because he was a walk-on, he just played special teams his first two years, he didn't really play, and then his senior year is the only year he really started. So sometimes guys like that that only flash that senior year, most times they're washouts, yep. and that's true. And then, then maybe 20% of the time you get a guy like this that was ascending and he's going to reach his true potential in the NFL. Oh, that's And awesome. that's what I'm hoping is going to go on for yeah. Cashman. And he's going to have every opportunity to do it, especially with his injury here. So I'm stoked about that. But, um, Mike, what else? Oh, you know what I wanted to get into? And I don't have the numbers in front of me. But what's his name? Luke Falk, right? Yep. All right, yep. so Davis Webb and Luke Falk, guys. Obviously we know... Davis Webb is going to be getting sent to Los Huevos very soon. And Falk, his QB rating in the preseason, everyone's talking about um, Jones from the Giants. Forget about Jones. Forget about him. How about Falk tearing it up? When you, I always bring this up because people, oh, yeah! people bring up these Fugazi preseason numbers. And I'm like, hold on a second. How about the Jets' third string guy tearing it up? Should I say he's great now? And I'm not trying to hate. I'm not trying to rain in the Daniel Jones party, Wookie. Be happy, be excited. He's doing better than I thought he would do. But it's just interesting to me. You can't, you can't get put too much into the right. preseason stats. Playing and, great. And just real quick on that point, aren't you so happy that we drafted Sam Darnold instead of Baker Mayfield and his mouth? What the hell are you talking uh, about? I mean, I know we get rid of, we got hit on Daniel Jones. And no, we had the last. But yo, shut up and play football, dude. What's it up doesn't with make you? any sense. This is kid. You know why? You know why it bothers me. Guys, it's because he's kind of one of these, just like just like Beckham is. Right. He's one of these new age millennial version of a professional athlete superstar. So yeah. so athletes that were at his level that were cocky, they used to be cocky. We all dug it. They're on the field, off the field. They didn't comment about teammates' contracts. You know, they didn't get it. Like that's the unwritten rule of sports. I've never heard a player comment on another player's contract on his own team to the public. He didn't give a crap about Duke Johnson. No problem doing that. No. In this situation, he buried the Giants once already uh, with ODB. He doesn't know anything. Is he out of his mind? Does he have any? He doesn't even have a clue what ODB put the Giants through so far as publicity and things of this nature. Nick, what do you think the dynamic, since you're a Giant fan and you know Odell Beckham Jr., what do you think the dynamic is going to be with Odell and and Baker throughout the year? I think if, if things go well, you'll have no problem. If you if they string together a couple losses with like a, a sprinkling in a win or two here or there, but they're stringing together losses, I think he's going to destroy the locker room. But what's exactly what I think is going to happen? One thing that's interesting that he alluded to Baker Mayfield, and we'll get back to the Jets, was that he said he started explaining 
the thought process of drafting quarterbacks. Yeah. And he's speaking to the Giants as if this is like a jabroni <laughs> franchise who has no success and didn't, yeah. hasn't had a decent quarterback. Yeah, bow down to the history of the Browns, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming. It's like, where is your for contextually? What, where are you, what are you doing, Baker? I mean, I know you're young, and this is what I meant when I said the new age millennial type of superstar who like there's no there's no there's no um app, they don't understand the outside world. They've been in their bubble their entire life. They have no clue of history. They have no clue of people looking before them. They have no clue about unwritten rules because they don't care about those type of things. It's just basic respect. It's It's basic respect. You you old school guys. And guess what, guys? We have crossed that threshold, my friends. We are headed straight to the geriatric zone because we are the old men shaking our fists on the front porch with a freaking shotgun in our hands. But you know what? I'm proud of it. Yeah. Because we had respect. We would never have another man's money in our mouth be talking about someone else's contract. Absolutely not. No putting anyone else's business out there. Right. That's just common basic decency. And I don't mind being the old man on the Rack. I don't mind. I'm that. good with it. Yeah. But we are. How, how are the Browns are drafting quarterbacks, by the way? You're not. Well, until this moment now, not that great. How'd that, how'd that work out? <laughs> From Bernie Kosar to Baker Mayfield, everything in between. Not amazing. For Similar, not you know, at least we had Chad. At least we had a few sprinklings yeah. of some guy. You're like, oh, this guy's not the, the worst. No. You know? Well, if you think about it, I think the Cleveland Browns have probably had just as many quarterbacks as they had head coaches. And True. Yeah. I think I think that, believe it or not, they actually have beaten the New York Jets in regard to their quarterback slash head coach carousel. I don't have the stats up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that they outweigh us two to one. Oh, so yeah, they do. Oh, they anybody, have uh, Anyone that wants to make fun of the New York Jets quarterback situation and so on, I get it. That's fine. We haven't really had a real franchise quarterback since Chad Bennington. That's okay, you know, but that also comes at the expense of having really bad general managers, really bad front office personnel who were really ill-equipped to to manage and and evaluate talent. Right. It's true. You know, we could just go back to the previous regime and talk about Christian Hackenberg, which I do not want to. Don't do that to me. No, now, Mike, no. I've heard I've heard a rumor that Mike's had a few drinks tonight, so let's not bring up Christian Hackenberg right now. <laughs> not I, want, really I know Car- I know Carlos barn doors off, but he's had a couple. We don't want to talk about Christian Hackenberg. I've joined him. I almost destroyed my television <laughs> set when he was drafted. We've already told that story on this show. Yes, yes I wanted to ask yes. you guys one thing about the Browns. Yeah, so the Browns specifically on paper, man. They look stacked on defense. They look stacked on offense. Yeah. But that's the kind of locker room with that kind of inexperienced head coach and that powder keg of a diva wide receiver right. and what's becoming a diva quarterback that could implode on the season. Absolutely. And if you see them even somewhat underperform to start the year, right. the wheels are coming off the right. wagon, right? right. I mean, and we just talked about Antonio Brown. I, I've mentioned this before. I love lunch pail type of guys and Sam Darnold is a blue collar lunch pail what do I gotta do let me keep my mouth shut head down and go to work as much as we can like or dislike Eli Manning except for the whole helmet fiasco Eli Manning was the same type of player Barry Sanders Larry Fitzgerald these guys these are the type of professionals that you want to invest in and I'm very very thankful that the New York Jets have Sam Darnold a guy who's not going to give us any drama He's just going to... Dude, they're not even talking about him. Like, they talk about Baker Mayfield, you know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. But they overlook Sam. He's so quiet. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. I think he's a mime. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you know how you see Baker Mayfield? He's out of games with hot chicks pounding beers. Sam's at home on his iPhone playing Scrabble. Just watching. (laughs) That's what he's doing. Okay, so Baker Mayfield, knock yourself out. Have a good first couple few years. It happened. It's happened before. We've seen this before. Okay, Sam Darnold comes along every once in a while. He's first of all, he's the golden child. Oh yeah. He's the chosen one, and he's gonna bring us to the promised land. That's enough banter, guys. We're gonna get into this Jets roster. Obviously, the cut's coming up soon. Yep. Unlike previous years, you can go down from the gigantic roster to 53 all at once. So we're going to go through the roster for everybody that's maybe not as familiar with the roster as other people. Go through the guys we think are going to be gone. Give everyone the depth charts. Break it down to a fine powder with our boys from the Jet Factor podcast. We'll be right back. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Welcome back. 
New York Jet roster, Michael Agaris's news and notes. We don't have it this week, but guess what? He crafted a roster sheet, guys, on an Excel spreadsheet like no one has ever done in the history of mankind. Hooked it up for all of us, Michael. Like I said before, military dudes on point always. Structurally sound. Good work. Thank you very much, Mike. Absolutely. We're going to get into this uh, roster. I'm going to go over the players that I believe are going to make the team. We're going to talk about who we think are starters, who are going to be backups, uh, practice squad potentials, and then guys who are going to be going down to Los Huevos. Nick, you, Nick, can you please do us a favor? You're a great engineer. You really do such a tremendous, tremendous job. You don't even understand how many comments we get about all of the production that you do. Can you please get in touch with Senor? We're talking about the roster. We need to talk with him about who is going to get cut. Can you get him on the line sometime no, soon, please? I, I, will, I will make every attempt yeah. to reach out. Does it actually the last... What is it? He's at a wedding tonight, I think. I think, he's at, I think he said he has a I saw, We saw on his Facebook wedding. he's at his uh, niece's wedding or something. Oh, we'll try okay. to hit him up. Yeah. So if we do actually get him, he's going to be half in the bag. That's all I know. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right, all right. So quarterback. That's so we got we got four quarterbacks on the 90-man roster right now. We got Sam Darnold, Trevor Simeon, Luke Polk, and Davis Webb. Obviously, Sam Darnold's going to be the starter. Trevor Simeon, I believe, has done enough to to solidify that backup quarterback position. But I'm going to tell you right now, Luke Folk is pushing him. Now, there's a potential that they may keep three quarterbacks. I believe they're not. I believe Trevor will be the backup since he is under contract. Luke is young enough, and I think there won't be a demand for him. They'll put him on the stash him on the practice squad. And Davis Webb is going to be uh, joining Senor down in Los Huevos. That's my opinion. <laughs> that's my. That's my. That's my opinion. Now, yeah, there's no way around that. And the only way, say for instance, Simeon was making a good chunk of money. I think that's the only way that um, you know maybe they. I know they just signed him, but they, you could release him and only right. get a minimal cap hit and replace yeah. him with Falk, who makes no money. Yeah. But I think, like Mike said, Simeon's going to probably be the backup. At least he's starting the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and Falk isn't bad at all. He's had some. He's had some time too. But and he's been great in the preseason. The two of them. Falk's actually uh, Simeon's actually been pretty ac- no yardage at all because right. every pass has been to a running back. Yeah. But he's he's in the preseason been decently accurate enough, yeah. Mike. And I do think. That poor Davis Webb. Poor Davis Webb. I mean, it's not a, it's not a tough life. We shouldn't feel bad for guys getting cut from the NFL. They still made plenty of money. He had a few few years run, right? But I think he's going to have a one-way ticket to Los Wavos. I agree completely. I agree completely, Mike. <laughs> All right, Carlos, running backs? Running backs. This is one of my favorite group positions in general. Le'Veon Bell obviously is going to start for the New York Jets. Absolutely. He's not touching the preseason. No. Stay out. Stay out. Stay out of all the I don't. And guys, stay, stay stay to the you. rap game for the next two weeks. Make is yourself that what another you guys, album. Do you think that's, guys, do you think that's the right course of action? Is that what you do? I, I meant to ask you this earlier. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't get to it. Do you think the right course of action, just sit Bell, don't even touch the guy until right. game one of the regular season. Do you think that's the right way to go? I, I do. I mean, I, we don't need to risk an injury to him. He's shown in the offseason that he's plenty in shape. Let's just save it for the regular season so we can keep some juice in those bones for a couple years. Okay. All right. So, all right. Going down the list. A guy I'm excited about watching the last two preseason games is Ty Montgomery. Absolutely. Because he has shown me something that the Ty Montgomery that was fumbling punts in Green Bay did not show me a couple of years ago. He has shown to be a complete running back against number one defenses. Granted, it's the Falcons, it's the Giants. They're still the number one defenses. He's shown up the middle running ability, cut to the outside ability, passing catches or catching passes Mm -hmm. on the flat. He, he looks like a mini Lev Bell. Now, he's not going to be that great, but what really impresses me about that is he's an all-around backup that could really come in in case something does happen to Lev Bell, and we don't lose that much in the process. And that's an improvement from what he has been his entire career, where he was basically just a wide receiver in the backfield. Yeah, no, it's such yeah. a good point. It's funny, the way yeah. you said that, it's such a good way to kind of describe him as a mini Lev Bell. I mean, he, he came into the league as a receiver and then went to running back, but Lev Bell is somebody who plays running back but is right. as good as a lot of receivers. So he, he too, he has a similar skill set, maybe not to the same level of the, you know, not all the way oh, to that no, level oh, 10 yeah. spectrum, but that's such a good way to look at it. And he's been in the preseason, tremendous, nine carries, 43 yards, almost averaging five yards a carry. So, and they're not, they're running kind of pretty vanilla runs. Yep. Right now, and he's look he's looked pretty good. And he, I think, obviously, I've seen a lot of different depth charts where they didn't have him as the backup. I saw Powell, I saw McGuire. I don't even know if McGuire is going to make the team this year, guys. We're going to get into that in a second. But I think it's a, kind of a no-brainer. Montgomery is either going to be the backup or be used with Bell at the same time on the field. Yeah, which yeah. Really yeah. you're going to see that a lot this year too, especially early on in the season when we 
We'll get into tight ends later, but we're lacking our real number one tight end, so we're going to need another receiving threat. You could see more dual running back combinations with Bell and Montgomery out there at the same time to supplement that. Absolutely, and then... Uh, Going on down the depth chart, I really think, and I agree, so Mike did a great job of using his master Excel skills to put together this roster. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a fine sheet, but Blaupal and Trenton Cannon both making the roster. And I like Cannon for his special teams, which is why he's going to stick around. But Powell's... We got I, I from what I've seen from Powell, you got to keep him around. Yeah, he's just another safety blanket. He outshines McGuire still, even though he's still. older than Methuselah. Still, and and I think he's the longest tenured Jet right now. <laughs> he is, and he's he looks great coming off of that he injury. Looks great. So I I think we carry four running backs. Yeah. There's uh there's other positions we might not need to carry as much. Heck, in the cornerback position, for example, we may not have six viable cornerbacks know, to even keep anyway. And so then and then Valentine Holmes, I got on the practice squad because he's not going to count against. We get a extra spot for him yeah. because he's in that international program. He's that rugby guy. He's literally like the LeBron. Is James it Valentine or Valentine? I don't know. Uh, uh, CJ, what is it, Valentine or Valentine? And I <laughs> and then and then getting cut. You got Elijah. You got Elijah McGuire. It's just been again two games preseason, and he's just not showing anything that distinguishes exactly. himself from anyone else. Well, guys, one thing I'll say, he actually, he has the most receiving, now, we have no res- passing yards in the season, right. but he has seven catches for 40 yards because he's been dumped down to a million times. Not necessarily because he's done a good job, because when it comes to running the ball, like you're alluding to, he only has 27 yards on, on 11 carries, but the problem is that he had one of the one of the runs was eight yards, so basically t- 10 other carries, he's averaging less than three yards to carry. That's as bad as it gets. And the same thing, when it comes to Trenton Cannon... He's had 15. He has the most carries in the whole preseason. He has 15 carries. He has 26 yards. This yeah. is not. Yeah. He's not sticking because of his running skills. He's sticking because of his punt. That's it. That's it. Strictly. Strictly. Yeah. So, 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 CJ, before you do the CJ, before you get into the receivers, what's your thoughts on quarterback, running back? What we've said. Do you agree with it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the big, one of the things that I did want to mention is Luke Falk is definitely making a serious case um, to possibly overtake. Trevor Simeon as the backup and here's why I think that regardless of Trevor Simeon's contract do I think that Luke Falk would probably be a better uh, solution at backup um, than Trevor Simeon is because of his command and being able to efficiently run the offense and plus the guy's got a set of wheels on him he's a very accurate thrower and one of the things that gets overlooked especially for uh, a backup quarterback is concerned is you not only want someone to come in and to be a game manager, but you also want someone who can come in and properly execute the machine. Now, God forbid, you know, if Sam Darnold were to go down with some sort of an injury um, at some point during the course of the season, Luke Falk, I think, would probably be more poised to be able to come in and to be able to hold the fort down until Sam was able to come back and... You know, to be honest with you, I really was not impressed with Trevor Simeon. I think uh, Simeon looked pedestrian at best. And I'm sorry if I'm being being overly critical because of the preseason, but you know what? You're a professional athlete. You're paid to go out there and perform. And when I see you go out there and, and throw passes that a, a you know a six-year-old could possibly com- uh, complete because, <laughs> you know, you're too much of a pussy to drive the ball downfield, I'm sorry I'm going to call you out on it. And I really think that Luke Falk, uh, made a significant argument in which he should definitely be in the conversation for backup. It's the twos and threes argument, CJ. That's my only problem with that. I'm not saying that Luke Falk hasn't looked better in the preseason. I'm just saying he's playing against worse competition. Yes. It's the same argument we make when we say, oh, Daniel Jones isn't really doing that good because he's playing against a threes. Right. Like, it's literally the same right. argument. Right. That's the only that's, that's the only thing I'll say. I, I think he's done very well in the preseason mm-hmm. in the playing against the third stringers. I think Trevor Simeon Simeon has um, underperformed, but he still has some experience playing at the NFL level and winning games in Denver. I I know he wasn't great, and he's a little conservative. That's part of the game. I I just don't think you throw Luke Falk in there in case something happens to Darnold and say, okay, you run the show. I I just, I I don't think he's earned that for me yet. Yeah. Well, so CJ, give us your, uh, your, your, your wide receivers that are going to make it practice squad and get cut. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Emanuel, Jamison Crowder, those are my top three. Um, Greg Dorch and Deontay Burnett, uh, they're definitely making it, in my opinion. Yep. Um, 
I probably would stash, well, actually, believe it or not, I would probably end up going with six wide receivers, so I will throw Josh Bellamy on there because of his special teams. Sharon Peak, I would probably move to the practice squad. Okay. Um, as well as Tim White. And unfortunately, Deontay Thompson, I think, may end up taking a trip to Los Wagos. My Sharona! Sharon Peak, Sharon, as we know, Sharon Peak's only shot at making the team, name, guys. Sharon Sharon Peak's only chance to make the team is just because of his special teams yep. play. That's why he's been on the right. team. And you just, would you see, you saw today, I think there was a, a ball that um, I think Falk dropped in for him. Touchdown pass, he dropped it. He's not someone that's going to get in the field because of that. I mean, right. when we drafted him, you thought maybe, but not so much. Right. Like, like many well, other people that have gone to Los Huevos in the yeah. fourth and fifth round, we've drafted his wide receiver. Yep. Very similar. And I, yeah. I agree. I think I think CJ uh, CJ's synopsis is pretty on point there. I think Tim White, Mike, because of the way, and, and you heard a lot of him in the, in the in, you know, training camp, and he was flashing in the preseason, hasn't done much. I know a couple balls got thrown his way. One was a holding on the Giants, uh, the pass interference yep. that, they, that Gase actually reviewed, which I've never seen the Jets ever do before, which is nuts. Um, he hasn't done anything, so I agree. I agree with what TJ said, man. He's on point there. And Greg Dortch has to make the team, because yep. as far as punt returner goes, he's exactly what you're looking for. Um, and he's actually caught some balls. He has four catches for uh, 20-something yards, and then the preseason he has a touchdown, too, so he, he actually he can be someone oh, that maybe if Crowder gets banged up, you slide him in yep. uh, as a slot guy, so he, he can actually do some, uh, some extra things, too, Mike. Well, the offensive line, I think, is pretty easy, but I think it's Different from what you think, Mike, because I know, and we'll get into this right now, I know you think they're going to cut Winters, and they might cut Winters because of how much money he makes. But the thing is, the Jets are $14 million under the cap right now. So the reason I don't think Brian Winters will get cut is they don't need to spend, you know, something, they're not going to spend any, $14 million, say they had to sign someone from free agency, there's nobody out there right now that's going to cost any money if some emergency happened, right? Some, say they're trying to kick or sign a bat, another offensive line, whatever the case may be. And they made this trade to get Lewis... To give depth to the offensive line, yeah. right? So right. if they if they then cut Winters, and you added Lewis, like Lewis isn't that much better than Winters. So what I'm saying is that like, I don't th- I think we it's not someone that's going to get cut just for the, the cap tag. Right. I think they added Lewis for depth because we don't have anybody besides him and Harrison that's legitimate backup that can actually come in and play right now. Compton's okay. Um, you know I know Adoga just started out. Adoga might be great. But we just drafted him, so I don't think we can count on him right now, Mike. What That's scares why I me think- what scares me is that they look at a guy like Jonathan Harrison or Alex Lewis and say they can fill in right guard and then they bring back the dandelion that never dies. Ha <laughs> ha That's what scares me about it. And they save six and a half million and maybe the, the you know, the mountain finds a trade partner to put a corner in and, uh, you know, allocates the money towards more cornerback help or whatever. That that That's what, you know, that's why I look at Brian Winters and I'm like, you know what, he's injured. Yeah, but Mike, we don't have a better option than him. Like, Alex Lewis isn't better than Brian Winters. Right. Not, 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 even, not, even, not even close. Like, so that we're gonna, though the Jets' offensive line, which is our one of our biggest weak, we're not going to just drop you know one of the guys. I'm not saying Brian Winters is some great offensive lineman. I'm saying for our team in that context, I don't think we have enough depth to just drop the dude right. when we're not. It's not like we're in salary cap hell. We're still 14 million. Plenty of guys are coming off the cap next year, and he'll probably be cut in this offseason. But I do think if we go through it, Mike. Left tackle Beecham, left guard. We know it's going to be awesome. He's going to be mashing people out there. We know the center's going to be Khalil. I think Brian Winters will be in there at right guard. And then at right tackle, we got Shell. And that offensive line right there, say that is the offensive line, and Winters doesn't get caught, and those five guys go out there and they're the starting five for us. Compared to last season, that's markedly that's oh, yeah. a market improvement for the Jets. Like and like I said a couple podcasts ago, guys, we had one of the worst offensive lines, as you know, in the league last season. And I'm not saying we're great now, but we're not one of the, that's that what I just mentioned, that's not one of the worst offensive lines in the right. league. You know, that that's right. that's at least that's manageable. Exactly, CJ. That that's a winnable offensive line. And, right. and and I also say this all the time, and you guys know this, that offensive line groups it's the type. It's the type of groups that sometimes there's five guys on an offensive line group. None of them previously were Pro Bowlers, and all of a sudden they're second or third in the league that year because of chemistry. It's, yeah. it's a strange thing with offensive lines where you can look on paper and say, "Oh, the Jets, they're going to be okay," and then the offensive line, just because of the way the guys play together, are great. You yeah. know, so you do never know. And I think we're a lot better than we were last year. I think the backups, Mike Odoga's going to be a backup. Harrison Lewis. Um, I know Smith will probably make the team. I don't know if I think Compton might be the guy that gets cut. Instead of Winters, but we'll really? see. I just, I just don't think we have. If, if an offensive lineman does get cut, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm not saying anyone will get cut, but I don't think Winters. If they had, say that's the way they had to trim the fat. I just don't see it being Winters, just because of the lack of depth we have. That's all. 
Uh, and that I think that's a really good. I mean, I was thinking winners. Obviously, you're right. Winners is better than Alex Lewis um, from a talent standpoint. I just saw that as a potential, you know, one of those surprise roster cuts. So when it happens, we all our eyebrows go up. But you know, um, so and that, they had those no, every year. But, I, but so overall, I agree with your assessment. Um, I was going to go to Wookie since he did play tight end at Maris. With Division One tight end at Mar, so he knows the role better than any of us. So, so Wookie, we have Chris Herndon who's suspended. We have Ryan Griffin that we got over from the Texans. We've got Trayvon Wesco, Eric Tomlinson, Daniel Brown currently. What do you see from a skill standpoint? I know you're not the biggest Jet fan on earth, but because of the show and all the work you do, you've been following. Who do you think makes the team? Who do you think starts? Who do you think goes to Los Huevos? I know one thing. I know because of our fantasy football league and because of his approximation in living with me in close quarters, he does know who Chris Herndon is and he knows the skill level very well. Yes. Uh, Herndon, when he comes back from the suspension, obviously that's the guy. He uh, he impressed a lot of people last year. He had a solid season. Uh, Griffin's going to back it up. Uh, it's either going to be Wesco and Tomlinson battling out for third and probably uh, practice squad could be Daniel Brown. Wesco is interesting because Wesco could be used as a fullback. Wesco could be used as a pass catcher. Wesco is used for blocking. And we've seen in practice and we've seen in games that uh, Gase is using Wesco in front of Le'Veon Bell to push um, to push the narrative through, right, for, for the put to push the, uh, the the defensive line out so that uh, Le'Veon can find his holes. So I think Wesco is going to be a big part, and I think that was Adam Gase's pick, to be honest. He likes those blocking tight ends. Wesco is an interesting case, Mike, because is he Tommy Bohannon or is he Arian Hernandez? Meaning, no. does he have those kind of pass-catching chops to really develop into an actual tight end that's a receiving threat outside of just being in the backfield? We don't know, but we're going to be watching for, next, for the first few games. Now I got some bad news for you. Now let Now look, I got some bad news CJ, Carlos, Wookie, you know, when we first started this podcast, there was a very important person that we brought on and that was the Canadian Thanos. Canadian Thanos was one of our very first like guests that we had on, and we loved this guy. We were excited about this guy, and I'm tr- here to tell you that I think he's going to get cut. I think Nathan Shepard is not going to make the team. I think that he's going to get cut because I think they're only going to keep six of the defensive ends, and I believe that's going to be Henry Anderson starting, Quinton Williams, obviously, Leonard Williams, and then Florendo Fatukasi, Steve McClendon, and Bronson Kafusi. I see six. And that's because Fatukasi has really picked it up. Uh, actually, Carlos and I were discussing this before we started the show today. That uh, Fatukasi is one of those perfect examples to see somebody growing in a system. I mean, and the last two preseason games, I don't know if you want to talk about this, Carlos, a little bit. What you've seen from Fatukasi. Oh, it's just been incredible. Um, the kind of pass rush he's, he's providing. Um, the energy in the third and fourth units. I mean, I know it's against guys that are not fit to clean the bathroom floors, but he's really bringing it and showing that he could be a backup in a position where we need all the help we can get in terms of depth. We really do. We need people that can rush the passer. There are other players that are underperforming in that capacity that we'll talk about that we took a little higher in the draft. That's right. Um, So we need all the guys we can get that are dogs like... Fatukasi, he really showed me something against he, the Falcons. He, he has. What, CJ, what do you think? Uh, uh, Full of Fatukasi. Let me tell you something. He's a guy who I've been singing his praises, and Carlos can attest to this from last year when we drafted him. And one of the things about him is that the kid has a nasty streak. When you interview him, he's one of the nicest people in the world that you could ever you could ever speak to. But let me tell you, this kid gets onto the field. He just has that switch, and he has that ability to turn into an absolute maniac. And believe it or not, if he can continue to build upon the success that he started in the Giant game, built upon in the Falcons game, and he puts that again on display against the Saints this upcoming Saturday, 
Fatu Kasi has the ability to be a major staple in this New York Jets defensive line. And I'm telling you something right now. This kid is given the opportunity. He is going to flourish, and he is going to make people pay. I'm telling you. That's awesome, man. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, Keith, you're uh, you on board with, with uh, our assessment? I am on board, fellas. And I want to also mention this monstrosity. And the main reason Nathan Shepard's going to get cut not is not just for the play of Fatu Kasi, who's been playing tremendous, uh, is the other name we have, it's very familiar, another Islander, Bronson Kafusi, who's six foot six from BYU. I know he's played, I think he was on the Ravens, or he, I don't know off the top of my head what team he was on. Where are we? Yeah, I think it was the Ravens, yes. What's to the Ravens? Okay. And I know that, um, you know, this dude, big guy, now he has, if you've noticed also, and like, like we've mentioned a couple times in this podcast here, guys, we know he's going up against other teams' second and third string offensive lines, but he has a sack, he has three three quarterback pressures where he almost got a sack, he's batted down two balls, yep. and he has almost, and he has six tackles, so he's making a difference, and this guy's a monster, he's right. enormous, and I think someone like that, that is making plays left and right, you get your hand, like, that's what Nathan Shepard hasn't done at all right. since we got him, he doesn't, like, if there's something you're good at, say like you don't get sacked while you bats down balls and he has a good motor. Right. He doesn't. Nathan Shepard has nothing really, Mike, that you can point to as the thing that's going to keep him on the team. And a guy like Fatu Kasu, CJ just broke down so great, and so did Carlos. I mean, this is someone that's been he's been playing compared to last season. It's like a different player, right. you know. And he does have the mean streak. And obviously, the guy does not mind going in there and just you know, like when you see someone like Shepard, when you watch him like on the plays. I, 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 it's easy for me to say this, right? But it's like he's not trying hard. Right? It's like yeah, he's not, yeah. you don't see you don't see the fire. Like, yep. and if you're gonna be good, like when you see like Aaron Donald or when we were guys, go back to when we were growing up, it's like a Bruce Smith or any of these. When you see the guys that are good defensive linemen, they are out of their minds. Yeah. Like they are, they have what CJ said. Like if you don't have a nasty streak and you're playing defensive line, you you can't be passive. It's not that type of position. And that's one of the reasons I think Shepard's history, Mike. I think your assessment, all you guys, I think I agree with you guys when it comes to the defensive line. And I just wanted, like, I just wanted to point out Kafusi because I think him and Fatu Kasi, not names a lot of people know, besides psychotic Jet fans like us who have podcasts, but they're going to flash, I think, this year, and they're going to be names by the end of this year a lot of Jet fans might know. Absolutely. And I'm going to turn to this psychotic Jet fan sitting next to me here in Texas to talk to us about the linebacking core. So what do you see regarding our linebacking core? There's a lot of Jets fans, Jet podcast fans, and Jets Twitter fans that know some of these names that we think are going to make the roster that only psychotic Jets fans know. But they're going to make an impact. This is one of my favorite position groups as well. The linebacking core. If you talk about Frankie Louvre and Blake Cashman, yeah. you've got Jets fans on Twitter. Oh. Not just with the mention of Louvre and Cashman. And you know what? Their play backs it up, too. I'm really excited Absolutely. about the depth at this position. Yeah, we got Jordan Jenks starting. C.J. Mosley obviously coming in and starting. Uh, Neville Hewitt helping oh. out. Yeah. Brandon Copeland. But the backups, we've got Ja'Kai Polite as a backup. He hasn't been doing that great this preseason yet, but I think it's coming. He's starting to show flashes. It's coming. It's coming. Um, Blake Cashman on the other side as a backup, potential pushing for a spot in the rotation. I think we're going to see a lot of rotations with the Greg Williams defense, especially with the demand on this linebacking core and how often they're going to be blitzing. You're going to see a lot of substitution. So all these guys are going to matter and have significant play time and this what year. And we picked up Albert McClellan. Like. So CJ just brought up Albert McClellan, who we just brought in. Do you think he'll make the team over a guy like Jamie Mosley, CJ's brother? That's a tough one. I know, I mean, obviously family ties and everything, but Albert McClellan has been a guy that has shown he can play. I know you've got him getting cut in favor of Mosley. I think it's going to be close. I, I know it's he's not great, but I still think he's got a chance to compete there. Um, so another guy I want to point out that I think is on the bubble, but has shown lately he's doing really well, is James Burgess. Yes. He showed up late in the game last week. He's been showing flashes that he could play against the pass, which is yeah. so important it's with so our important. linebackers right Absolutely. now. Especially with the way the NFL's going. So I, I really... I, I, I really liked him. I think he makes it on the so? roster. Yeah. James Burgess. James Burgess, I do. Right. Yeah, but I mean, Burgess had a big pick. I, mean, you know, I think he's played pretty I, – I agree. I think he's he, – that seems to be his strength, which is, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, pass coverage, which is lacking when it comes to the linebackers all over the NFL. So when you have someone like that, like a Cashman or someone like him. Um, yeah, and, and you mentioned Frankie Louvu. 
And oh. Michael Lagaris knows that Frankie Louvu, we have been on Frankie Louvu since day one. Big Frankie Louvu fans. We said he'd make the team last year against all odds. Against the papers, guess what? He made the team. And this year in the preseason, he leads the Jets in tackles. The guy's all over the place. And Louvu, Cashman, it's like Carlos said. They have Jet fans stoked because you see them. They're just like, dude, you see Flash, and you're like, all right, maybe this is going to be something that right. could sustain during the regular season. I know CJ Mosley's a big money guy, but it's awesome when you draft a guy or you sign somebody like an undrafted free agent like Luvu, and they blossom on your team. Right. They become, right. they become. Those guys are the guys that become the fan favorites. I'm not yep. saying CJ Mosley can't. Le'Veon Bell will obviously be a fan favorite, right. but everybody's favorite players on their teams are the guys you find. Yep. You draft them. Your no, your team no. unearths them, and then they become great in your mind. As fans, we have ownership of it. Right. When you see the guy, you're like, guess what? We drafted you, bro. Oh, as, yeah. as if I'm part of the team. That's sports right there. That and that's right why all the guys just mentioned when it comes to Hewitt and it comes to Luvu, Cashman. Um, I, mean, I mean, Burgess, too. Burgess is flash, too. So it's, it's going to be a tough call. And I do think we have probably better linebacker depth than a lot of people realize. Right. You know, unless you're a Jet fan, we have a lot better depth because they're not named. A lot of people know. I mean, I guess Chicago Polite guys does count as a linebacker, right? So, um, and he hasn't done the most in the preseason. Little disappointing. He hasn't flashed in the game, but I know the last couple weeks he's been doing a lot better, especially in practices. So he's someone else at linebacker we haven't even talked about. Yep. But he was a third round pick, and you know, I don't, I don't think the Jets thought this year he's going to go out there and dominate. I think they drafted him because he's someone like, you know what, we take this kid, see if we get him on the right track. Because yeah. he had first or second round potential. We all, all four of us talked about this, all five of us talked about this already. But he's kind of a head case. He's kind of a knucklehead. If you get that, if you get someone like that straightened out, let's, get, let, let's figure out how to be an NFL player, be a, be a professional, right. look at film, address your weaknesses, all these things that seem to be his downfall in some of his interviews that he had. He could be a force, too. I don't know if he's going to be at the beginning of the year. He's another guy on our linebacker course, so we're much better at linebacker than a lot of people really. We're very good at linebacker, and we're very good at the starting safety position. So, CJ, give us your thoughts on safeties, who's going to make it, who's not. All right. You got I said the same thing. Great. Okay. Yeah. The, the reason why that I'm picking uh, Andrew uh, over Brandon Bryant is uh, Brandon Bryant, I, I think he's, he's okay, but he's not there. He's getting washed uh, last week. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, he was awful last week. He, he was one of the people I remember. Just, I mean, the entire safety core and the entire defensive back position looked like complete trash in the preseason. It did. And especially towards the, the late part of the games. And Bryant specifically, someone I remember saying, I remember that guy because he fucking tanked last week. <laughs> I mean, he, he was awful. I, I think your top five is so right on. I'm glad I think you guys you're caught is, yes, the Derek Kindred yes. signing. Uh, which just happens. That's how late and breaking and, we are. And and you know what? <laughs> I think, CJ, to your point, that you saw in the green and white scrimmage that Greg Williams was going to the three safety sets. And now with Derek, they could go box safety, you know, and cover up for some of these set, uh, cornerback issues that we're about to go in a second and talk to Keith about. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree because I think that uh, uh, Kindred brings... Uh, a little bit of an element in which the Jets could possibly roll with three safety sets um, to help assist, especially with the fact that our cornerbacks are just not really where they should be. So having a, th- a deep three safety look does in fact take a little bit of pressure off the cornerbacks where you can play a little bit more zone because you have another guy out there who can cover in space. That being said, the only problem is is that you have to utilize your personnel properly in, in having three safeties on the field at the time. You may end up having to sacrifice as a linebacker who you may be able to use in coverage. It does open up the underneath a little bit, but that's a chance it seems like that Greg Williams is willing to take because of his confidence in the defensive line and the pass rush which can be generated from the interior in which the Jets can, in fact, get to the quarterback. Now, again, this is all hypothetical, but I think that the Jets' pass rush 
is going to be a lot better than people will give us credit for. Because I think that we're not going to have that one person who's going to be that quote-unquote designated pass rusher. I think that it's going to be more of a pass rush by committee, where I think that on each play, you're going to see the, uh, the pass rush coming from a different area. And I think that's exactly what Greg Williams likes to do. Yeah. Sorry for the long-winded explanation, but I wanted to get it all. No, no that, was, that was perfect. And I was going to say, um, when it comes, when it, I'm sorry, guys, I was just looking at the roster and I totally spaced out. When it comes to Kindred, I always fill in all, there's never an awkward pause because I never stop talking. Um, when it comes to Kindred, guys, oh, CJ made great points. And one thing he also can do is actually play cornerback. Yep. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think he's going to make the team also, because he can actually cover. So we don't have anyone that can cover anybody. So that's another reason. Even I know he's a safety, but like CJ mentioned just now, he can actually cover dudes. So that's another reason why I think he's a, he has a good chance to make the squadron. We're so thin when it comes to the secondary outside of Adams. I mean, Marcus May is healthy. That's great. Tremaine Johnson's healthy. That's great. Right now we have Jamal Adams and a lot of guys that we're hoping can get the job done. As far as I'm concerned, because Perry Nickerson has not played that great in the preseason to me. Um, and there's a lot of things, and we'll get to cornerbacks right now, Mike. Uh, when it comes yeah. to corners, you know, obviously we know we got Tremaine Johnson, we got Roberts, we got Poole, and we, we, we just got rid of a cornerback. And But we got Kyron Brown, who's actually played in the NFL, has a little bit of experience starting. I mean, it's thin. We're thin at cornerback. We all know. Right. And that's that's our that's the New York Jets glaring weakness we have right now. And a lot of and we're no different than a lot of teams in the NFL. No very rare is there a team in the NFL that every single box is checked off. Right. Offensive line, defensive line, safety, quarterback. There's always holes, right? Yep. Our big our hole unfortunately is is the secondary, which is not a great hole to have. Now we have guys with a lot of promise. We have a guy like Nickerson, very fast, but hasn't really on the field necessarily played the best. Poole, I think, could be a, a very good, uh, um, a very good coverage guy for us. Very underrated. Not many people know about him. But Tremaine Johnson comes back and can play even ninety percent of the way he played when he was on the Rams. That, that's a great cornerback to have. Yep. But I am a little worried, Mike. You know, and when it comes to the cuts, I mean, I mean, there's not many. I think Meander got. Or I thought was a guy that maybe could go to the practice squad. Guys, he's already gone because we just traded him. So um, I think the guys that are going to make it: Roberts, Johnson, Poole, um, Kyron Brown, Nickerson. I think those are all kind of no-brainers. And I uh, maybe before the end of this, you know, there's two weeks left. We have this week, next week, and how many cuts are there going to be next week, guys? A ton. Yeah. There's going to be a yeah. secondary guy out there that can probably for us be an upgrade. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think we're done adding waiver guys yet when it comes to the secondary to be honest with you. No, I, no, no we're, we're far we're far from done because Joe Douglas knows that the secondary group needs to be addressed. We, we don't know exactly how long Truman Johnson is going to be out. And I'm sorry but you know that's Having Daryl Roberts as your number one cornerback oh, right now. I just threw up in my mouth, CJ! Oh, oh, is, 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 uh, is, is, is not a thought that I wanted to go into week one against the against the. We may have to co I may have to go down to Los. We may have to go down to Los Huevos and find cats to try to come up and play for us. What ha- What happened, Nick? Nick, what just What'd you say? Senor, senor, what? Are you, you there? Ah! Hey, hey, I thought you were up, at a bro? wedding, senor. We heard you were at a wedding. Oh, yeah, you got married. Still here, man. My niece got married, bro. It's a surprise, too, because she's, you know, she kind of looks like, uh, she kind of looks like Ryan Khalil. <laughs> but, um, right. but a female. <laughs> Everyone has a match out there, bro. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what's going on, and I've been here. I've been drinking all day. Come on, guys, come here, come here. We're on the podcast live, bro. Got the Los Huevos band here. Play something, bro, go ahead. CJ, you got it. CJ, you got any questions for Senor? Oh, yo, hold on. Before you guys even start, let me tell you guys something. I'm going to tell everyone out there listening right now. Every single Jet podcast is absolute garbage, except two. Jet Factor, and he's a being green. Let's go. That's all I got for you guys. I mean, hey. You, you guys tried to get to me. If you're not going to say shit, I'll go back to my way. Yo, yo, senor, senor. I have a lot senor, going on right now. Oye me, I mean, senor. Oye me. Hey, were you the best man? Did you give the best man speech? No, no, not best man. It's my niece. She doesn't really even like... You know, she played offensive lineman, actually. <laughs> oh, I don't know, guys. We play... Hey, hey, we got... Senor, we got a... We got... Yeah, go ahead. What do you got for We me? got a question. Did you see Nathan Shepard down there in Los Huevos? Oh, my God. Now, I'll, be, I'll tell you guys the truth. Me and Nathan have been in contact for a long time already because he knew... He knew how this is going. Canadians, they're cute. It's a cute country. 
You know, North America, we got not a lot going on. A few countries. Mexico, America have athletes. Canadians. Get them off the ice. Jabronis. <laughs> if they're not playing, if they're not taking a small... What's that thing called, bro? Come here, Hector. What's that stupid thing with the balls and they use those broom and they throw it on the ice? What's it called? Oh, curling. That dumbass shit. If you don't have them doing something that involves cold weather sports, I mean, they're just useless humans. Not, not you know, in the grander scheme of things, but just when it comes to athletics. And I always knew Shepard had no chance. Canadian Thanos fucking, please, fuck out of here with that nonsense. CJ, CJ, you got... not deserve to be spoken up with the Infinity Rings. CJ, CJ, you got any uh, questions for Senor about anybody that? Yeah, of course I do. But yeah, what's up, bro? First, Senor, first off, I would say it's a pleasure to actually get to talk to you over the airwaves. Big fan, especially from your appearances on the last couple of days. Thank you very much. Just, just want to get that out of the way. First, Shepard Joe Flacco, what I try to do down here in Los Huevos is match up veteran scrubs with younger scrubs. Yeah. As best I can, have a chaperone, a buddy when they're down here for emotional support. So what I'll probably do, I mean, it's a good, he just gave me the idea. It's a great idea here. Shepard Flacco, why not do it? I mean, hey, well, are you, how upset are you the fact that Chandler Candizero avoided you and retired instead of getting cut? So, Candizero, oh, <laughs> son of a you son of a... Look, we, we need kickers down here in Los Huevos, and this scrub was ready to come down. And you had the balls to just go and retire, you scrub? You're kicking... I mean, that was... Literally what about you? Did you see Taylor Bertolette coming over there, or what? Yeah, Taylor Bertolette, that name doesn't sound like a professional athlete. It sounds like some type of, like, ladies' evening wear line. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I don't... He's not someone who would start on my team. You know, he comes down here to Los Huevos, someone named Taylor Bertolette. Probably wouldn't go too well for him. But, um, you know, hey, go. Take a shot, Taylor. Screw it. You know, you're, you're probably a good kid. I know nothing about you. I'm not going to Google you. You're probably not going to make the team. I mean, kickers are a dime a dozen, bro. I mean, I literally have, well, let me, three to four hundred kickers down. Taylor Pantazero needed a freaking seeing eye dog to find the uprights. And even then, he couldn't find it. It's absolutely ridiculous. So what do we, what do we do? Why aren't we bringing in Matt Bryant? I don't know. That's the first name I go to. What? I, I know he was hurt a little bit towards the end of last year, and that's maybe a concern that that you know fifty year old calf or hands. He also tweeted at the Jets. He like literally went in public like, "Bros, sign me." I'm out here. Because last year with the uh, he was twenty for twenty one last year, yep. and the year before yep. that he was thirty three for thirty six, which is yep. that's a regular good NFL kicker. I don't care how crusty he is. Right. You know, it doesn't make a difference. No. I'm still here, bro. I mean, you guys are oh, so you're all okay, okay. to me. It's fine, but uh, go ahead. A question about a former guest of yours down in Los Huevos. Uh, a frequent guest who used to arrive all the time. How was it partying with Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez. Oh, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, guys. A couple of things. I do sign non-disclosure agreements with some of these guys out there. And me and Sanchez, obviously... Very close. Very close. I knew his dad. I knew his whole family. He has a whole um, retirement village dedicated to him over there. Yeah, he's got he's, a he's, an, he's one of the main investors down here in North Carolina. <laughs> from way back. And, you know, the Mark Sanchez wing of Scrubs has existed now for about four years. He's been donating money the entire time. Because he knew. He knew he... He knew a long time ago he would be a commentator. Maybe year... Maybe year two. So... You know, I don't, I don't want to blow a spot and make him look like an idiot. I know how they, I don't have a social media and shit, guys. I'm not, a, I'm not some type of, like, 14-year-old. But, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin the guy, but he, no, he's a smart... He's a smart... Not a good football player. Smart businessman. Wookie, we got to get an Instagram account for Senor. <laughs> you know, I never I never got to address Wookie when you came down here last time. You left some. You left a whole bunch of stuff, bro. Do not, what's, you left a, it was a box set of, uh, the show Blue Blood. I've been calling you for, like, almost six months, and you don't get back to me. What's going on? Can you guys, uh, turn your mics off for a sec? I just want to talk to you. It's a problem with me, bro. You got it, you don't like, you don't like, uh, Hispanics, or? I see the shit you put on Facebook, bro. Just tell me the truth. <laughs> hey, senor. 
I got another question for you. I want to know <laughs> if it's possible if I could get a shot glass from Los Huevos. Because let me tell you, I heard you guys got the best tequila in town over there. Oh, my God. Not only do we have a lot going on down here. All types of edibles, tequila. I mean, anything you need when you come to Los Huevos. And whatever, whatever they need. For, I mean, look. Mike, Keith. Yeah? You vouch for him, right? I mean, obviously, Wookie does as right, well. All of us. Um... I mean, they're pretty good guys, Carlos yeah, and CJ. The, the, the podcast is tremendous, senior. So, alright, then man, they get whatever they need. You guys just, just insta. I don't know. Just send me a message, maybe text me or some. However, Wookie got in touch. Yeah, so I'll text you my address. You can send the blow to. <laughs> well, easy, bro. Easy, man. We don't yeah. That, that's just the low key of what we're really gonna be talking about. So that's a bogey. Right. Well, that, well, that's our. That's the roster. That that's the roster right there. So uh... one other guy uh, before I get out of here, bye. Cause I gotta get back to this wedding. I just want to tell uh, Davis Webb, bro, relax. I have a place for you. It's fine. You don't need to call me so much. So many messages. It's getting a little weird at this point. You know, it's like uh, we welcome you with open arms to Los Huevos, like everyone else. All right, guys, and uh, everyone else, you have a good night. Nice talking to you guys. Right, senor. Carlos, CJ, Mikey. But, Wookie, let me tell you something. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, bro. Yourself. <laughs> my guys, I'm out of here. <laughs> wow, that was that was senior waivers, everyone. Waver. What did you do to him when you were down there last time? I don't understand. Not much. Not much at all. Uh, but the, you're known, time. and Mike knows this, you're the ultimate scour of the waiver wire. Right. So that's why you're in touch with the ultimate master of the waivers. Is that Correct. what it is? Correct. He brings me down. You know, wine and dine. We go to this place. We get tacos <laughs> and shit. It's great. And then I try to get, uh, I try to get a leg up on who's coming down. Yeah. I try to get that knowledge a couple days ahead of hey, time. Hey man, because his knowledge is impeccable. How he gets these these lines out there, I don't yeah. get it. No one's more familiar with Scrubs than Senior Waivers. He's like the he's like the the Adam Schefter for Scrubs. <laughs> If you're never going to play in the NFL again, guess who knows? One man. Real quick, my son wants to say go Jets, and he's going to sleep, so he says good night to everyone. Good night, bro. Have a good one. Good night, man. Good night, man. Go Go, Los Los Huevos. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you want me to piece us out of here? Yeah, piece us out. All right, cool. All right, everyone. I mean, that's a nice addition to the show. At the end of the show, senior waivers. And, you know, when he comes on the show very often... I'm so taken aback by having such a huge guest. It's hard for me to speak. Yeah. I know I talk a lot. But when he comes on, I don't say as much, guys. Just because it's senior waivers. Yeah. And this is not just a normal guest. CJ and Carlos, these are esteemed guests. They're no senior waivers, though. As they even know probably themselves. Correct. Um, you know, and that's that's why sometimes you might hear me be a little quieter when senior's on, guys. But tremendous show. We hit it out of the park as we do every single week. Because with help from our homies from the Jet Factor podcast and the Big Stinking Bookie, I want to thank everyone for helping us this week. I want to, Mike, if you want to tell everybody where they can find us, tweet at us, get in contact with us, support us in any way, shape, or form, where can people do that? Absolutely. Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. You can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. Uh, Carlos or CJ? CJ wanna... handles all this stuff for us. <laughs> he knows all he's the like, Twitter he's like handles. He's like Mike all Reagan. the various outlets of social media you could reach out and touch us on. Oh, right. Well, CJ, you want to give out your inform- information? Absolutely. And fans of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast want to reach out and interact with the painkiller and the hitman. That's right. Carlos the Hitman Sardinus and CJ the painkiller with Simone. You can do so at the following entity. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime, calls the Hitman Sardinas at CS Sardinas. Follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can shoot the show an email, JetsFactor at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. All you gotta do, look up the Jets Factor podcast and you'll be able to find us. Smash that like button in the face. Message us, we'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with other Jet fans. I'm talking about this team. Also, don't forget to go to SoundCloud.com. At our home base, Sports War Radio on Spreaker.com. Most of all, most of all, Jets, the YouTube channel. That's correct. The Jets Factor Podcast is a YouTube channel, courtesy of Spreaker.com. Don't forget to go there. Like, subscribe, 
You heard the man, and I just want to throw this out there. Michael, we obviously need to step up our social media approach at the end of these shows because oh. CJ, that was like Denzel Washington level approach to the end of this. And, and he was so, it was so, first of all, I, I'm not being sarcastic remotely at all. I mean, that was tremendous. It was so much information, and Michael yeah. does a great job, but I feel like we need we have to add more things in. We'll yeah. figure it out as the week goes on. But you heard right from the man. Thank you very much, CJ, Carlos, Jet Factor Podcast. Appreciate you so much for joining us. Michael Lagaris in Texas with Carlos Live. Thank you so much, as always. On behalf of all these men and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, my name is Keith Farrell. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace out. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, fans are very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the Don't be the